0: I'm Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, author of the book, 50 Things They Don't Want You to Know About Trump, sitting in for Breitbart News Editor-in-Chief Alex Marlowe. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. The Joe Biden presidency is a year old and the longer this Democrat disaster goes on, well, each passing day, it only drives more Americans into the arms of the Republican Party. Biden has utterly failed to shut down the virus, which he promised to do. And data from Gallup shows that more Americans are fearful and anxious about coronavirus today than they were when Biden took office. Biden's feckless, arrogant and incompetent and dissatisfaction with Democrats is slowly starting to point to not just a landslide in November, but perhaps a great political realignment. We're also seeing the DNC attempt to shift its focus and outreach back to the rural voters it abandoned but we're seeing signs and evidence in places like Pennsylvania where even Keystone state Democrats are walking away from the Democrat party. But first I've been working too hard and not working out enough. I want to get in shape this year, but don't have time to get to the gym. Echelon fitness brings the gym home. Have a new year's resolution to reach your fitness goals. It can really help to have world-class instructors like Nicole Griffin and Michael Brown, choreographing classes with music from your favorite artists like pitbull and you get a community of hundreds of thousands of people who can give you the extra push echelon fitness gives you that echelon fitness is the affordable way to get the workout equipment the workout community and an instructor's motivation right in the comfort and privacy of your own home Echelon Fitness's fitness app provides you thousands of live and on-demand classes with great music from your favorite artists like Pitbull, Old Dominion, and many more. With Echelon Fitness, you can work out any time, day or night, and crush your fitness goals. Just pick your class, climb the leaderboard, cheer each other on, and give it your all. Echelon Fitness's world-class fitness instructors are supportive, engaging, and fun. They really know how to get you moving. Echelon Fitness's full range of affordable workout equipment, including stationary bikes, smart rowers, sleek fitness screens, and the auto-folding treadmill are all connected to provide the Echelon Fitness experience. Around-the-clock classes for the family, including full-body workout programs that keep you coming back. One membership covers a family of five. And right now, for a limited time, podcast listeners get up to $650 off MSRP. To get this exclusive podcast discount text daily to 818181. Text daily to 818181 to get up to $650 off MSRP. Text daily to 818181. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. One thing that Joe Biden just will not be able to spin out of, it will pull his party down and i don't even think in just this election but 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 in elections to come is his utter failure to do the one thing that he basically stayed in the basement while running for president saying that he would do if it's another day it's another piece of evidence joe biden probably the worst president in us history and i just don't think he'll be able or his party will be able to get the albatross around his neck that he promised repeatedly to shut down the virus and now fear of getting COVID-19 and pandemic anxiety overall is higher today for many Americans across the country than it was when Joe Biden took office. It's it's quite amazing. And I, I spend probably too much time on the air talking about poll numbers. Um, but one thing I think it's very important to mention is that Joe Biden's numbers are in the toilet and that is with billions and billions of dollars of corporate media backing and holding the water and blocking and tackling and and literally at moments reading the Democrat National Committee talking points right into the camera. And none of it matters. And it is just proof to me, just had this long standing belief that when you can't outrun reality, we see evidence of this where people you know, just change their reality. They're living in a crappy state or city and they just move. They find it harder than ever to actually be able to operate their business. It's a tough decision for a business owner. They probably have deep, long conversations with their family, with their employees or staff, but we're seeing it again. Like you haul just did not have enough trucks operating And they ran out. There was just so many people, businesses and individuals, moving out of California. Like, it wasn't supposed to be an actual headline. Like, satirical uh, websites had written that headline in November. And by January, Gavin Newsom had driven the state of California so much into the ground, particularly for tens of thousands of people, that U-Haul literally ran out of trucks to, to, to sell to people to move out of the state. You, you can't outrun re- reality uh, in many cases. Emma Morris said it earlier in, uh, in the week, like we can't leave the country. And I think that the polling numbers, again, we'll, we'll look back and it'll just be evidence. We'll, we'll be able to see how this consensus, it coalesced a long time before the election ever happened. I think and I'll get to some more data um pointing to Joe Biden's cratering support among whole swaths of the american public age race different corners of the country i mean the word realignment uh was used uh by 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 one of the smartest people at bright news this isn't just like you know 30 40 seats we're, we're talking about a political a historical political shift and i do believe it's because for whatever reason, I, Joe Biden just took it too far. It's like, I, I'm going to shut down the virus. Why would you make that promise? I get you want to run. I get you want to be president. I, I understand historically it's very hard to beat an incumbent. Donald Trump is as is, is bad as things were at the beginning of 2020. It was starting to look up even by August. But, you know, the sentiment was what it was. It was a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And I get it. You know, Joe Biden just... She, he felt like he had to go for it all. But to promise that you shut down the virus, I don't know what his medical uh, advisors were, were telling him at the time. It was like, eh, it's a virus. It's unpredictable. Particularly this one, it's novel. We don't know much about it. We're still studying it. We don't even have a, a vaccine for it <laughs> at the time. Like, there were no therapeutics. He's like, eh, I'm going to shut it down. Gallup just yesterday uh, it's painting a very different picture, particularly about people's sentiment about where the virus is, where the pandemic is. A lot of this is driven by media. People don't really know. Uh, too, too, far too many people are just paying attention to the wrong news sources. Unfortunately, Gallup says, with the highly transmis- transmissible Omicron variant, uh, you know, a variant that the media just ran its 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 only play, which is to just double and triple and then sometimes quadruple down on hysteria and, and, and panic porn. Like we had no, I- no ideas really, except for some data in the early days coming out of South Africa and coming out of the UK about the Omicron variant. Uh, it's very little that we knew, didn't matter to the media. They just used, they, oh, a new variant, oh my God. Oh, it's highly transmissible, just scared the hell out of half the country. Thankfully, it has been less deadly spreads faster than the Alpha or Delta, but is killing far fewer people. With the highly transmissible Omicron variant Gallup uh, reports of COVID-19 infecting hundreds of thousands of Americans daily, optimism about the trajectory of the pandemic in the United States has fallen sharply. Optimism has fallen sharply. Oh, gee, it's shocking. And worry about contracting the virus has risen to its highest level in a year. More people are worried for whatever reason, maybe they're just paying attention to the wrong media sources too much for whatever reason, or maybe they just got the thing and they have had, had to be out of work and maybe their employer didn't know they had to quarantine for 10 days or 14 days or five days. There are like a thousand different reasons why this makes complete and utter sense to me. You have like CEOs of airline companies testifying before congressional committees saying, yeah, we do not see any scientific or practical reason, given the technology for a clean airflow on our planes, for people to continue to wear masks on our planes. And you have to wear a mask on planes still like that was weeks ago. There's been no shift, just utter confusion coming from the highest levels of the specific agencies, the uh, FDA and the CD, uh, CDC, HHS, that are supposed to be giving us the guidance because they say they're following the science. It's been anything but scientific. The communication has been muddled and contradictory almost from day one on this thing. At this point, you'd expect these very smart people who've dedicated decades of their lives to communication and studying uh, diseases, they'd be you know better than this. But That's a mistake that we make, expecting that, you know, that that, that there are good people at the highest levels of our government making good decisions, communicating clearly. Gallup continues the latest update to Gallup's COVID-19 data from a survey conducted from January 3rd to January 14th finds U.S. adults' social distancing behaviors have picked up and the use of masks in public remains high. Uh, I want to. I want to I wanna just pause there. The use of masks remains high. I understand that Germany is a very different uh, country than the United States is. The data coming out and it's longitudinal. It's long-term data. It's actually uh, been taken from January third of twenty twenty-one to January seventh. Cases in Germany are now more than five times higher than on October twenty-sixth. When the Atlantic, that left wing rag, which w- went a long way to spreading fake news to take down Donald Trump, said vaccine passports and N95s were helping them beat COVID 19. So Germany went out and said that N95s and vaccine passports, not the vaccine, but vaccine passports, okay, were helping them, quote, beat COVID 19. The good news is that. After seeing a demonstrable failure of N95s, the United States is now distributing 400 million of those masks to American citizens. So there's a chart here uh, tweeted out um, uh, on Twitter, and it it basically shows that around February uh, the 1st of 2021, Germany instituted a medical mask mandate. The cases of coronavirus at that time in that country were just below 15,000. So on February 5th, Germany institutes a medical mass, excuse me, on January 20th of 2021, Germany institutes a medical mass mandate cases at that time were around 15,000. Fast forward to January 7th, 2022, cases are 65,000. Germany had not only instituted a medical mask mandate about a year earlier, they also uh, instituted N90, uh, N95s. And, uh, uh, excuse me, they 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 instituted vaccine passport. And the Atlantic, a, a left-wing uh, media outlet on October 26, said that N95s and, and vaccine passports were helping Germany beat COVID-19. They, the, the Atlantic reported that on October twenty sixth. Okay, cases were you know, hovering around 10,000 cases per day at that point on October 26th. But again, just a few months later, the Atlantic and the leaders in Germany made the same mistake and made the same awful assumption that, that, that Joe Biden made, that they'd be able to shut down the virus. Oh, we'll just mandate medical masks, we'll force people to get the vaccine, and then we'll force them to prove that they got the vaccine with vaccine passports. And then the Atlantic and its stupid, corrupt leadership went out there, on October 26th and said, yep, Germany's beating the virus and they're doing it with N95 masks and vaccine passports. And they were all wrong. The Atlantic, Germany and Joe Biden and everybody in between all wrong. Gallup's breaks down its information. 20 percent of, of those uh, that they surveyed think the pandemic is improving. Twenty two percent say that it's remained the same. And 58 percent said it's getting worse. 50% are worried about contracting COVID-19, up 12 points since late November. Jeez. Social distancing behaviors are on the rise. 72% continue to wear masks in public. A lot of this is not really shocking to me um, because in so many ways, yes, the pandemic is actually worse today. It It is hard to actually fathom how that's possible given the fact that Joe Biden walked into uh, office with a vaccine a distribution plan left by the trump administration although they lied and trashed the trump administration well the cup comp- the cabinets were bare <laughs> like it's they they tried to they lied it tried to to depress expectations because they knew they had n- no idea and whatever plan they had was was half-assed at best they had to staff whole agencies not just with high ranking uh, officials, but mid-level positions. I mean, they had to get so much up and running it, it was like, okay, we'll just trash the previous administration buy ourselves some time. but all of it' it's just it's just the, the the proof has just come to bear. D- we have the most incompetent, feckless, corrupt, arrogant, and selfish people on the planet making life and death decisions. For 340 Americans. We're talking about millions and millions of different variables. In a country this size, between different industries, we're talking about our education, how we get packages shipped to and stocked and distributed and then stocked on shelves from our transportation. I mean, we got Pete Puddage. This guy was a horrible mayor. And I've, 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 driven through and have eaten at restaurants in South Bend, Indiana. Great town, but it had for years a horrific mayor in Pete Buttigieg. The dude's name was Pothole Pete. He couldn't even get the streets fixed. That's like like something that the, the mayor here in Jacksonville and the city council, like they do this all the time. This is a large city. I think Duval is one of the, the largest, second largest in landmass in terms of counties in the country. Pete Buttigieg failed at being the mayor of a small town in Indiana. This guy is the head of our most critical uh, sectors in terms of, 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 of shipping and supplying and moving people and, and products. The point is, is, is that, you know, ain't God help is on the way. It, it cannot get here sooner. I don't want to have to read that half the country is scared out of their minds about the pandemic right now, today, three years into it and in over a year now into a presidency where Joe Biden made the ridiculous claim that he'd shut the thing down. He's done anything but particularly. And it's not just the, these Gallup numbers, although Gallup has, you know, the largest one of the largest staffs. They, they ask pretty good questions. You can trust this data. And you can see it. It is feeding into the frustration that people have like this is an issue survey that got like the coronavirus, the pandemic is an issue. But when people are are talking about the the political uh, uh, backlash and saying that they disapprove of the job that Joe Biden is doing, they don't think that he's mentally capable of doing the job. He's failing on the economy. He's failing on the coronavirus. He's underwater in 46 states in terms of job approval. People do not like the job, an overwhelming majority, that he is doing on immigration. It's all very obvious. And, you know, Cedric Richmond was a congressman for many, many years. And, I I mean, maybe maybe he was the first to see the coming wave in November. He left Congress. Uh, join the the, the 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 Biden administration. He, he's a senior advisor, and you listen to this audio, and again, it's just one more piece of evidence and a mountain of evidence as to why the country is falling apart in in, in far too many areas. Well, Joe Biden doesn't have a substance or communication problem, and his poll numbers are past the, the 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 toilet, but it's it's you know it's. Actually, the American people, you guys are just not smart enough to realize that that the life you're living, the situation you're in, it's it's, it's really better than you realize it is. That's the arrogance of it. Cut four. You look at the current situation in polling and the political environment, and you look at, at what you're doing in the White House, do you believe you have a communications problem, or do you believe you have a substance problem? We don't have a substance problem and the truth is chuck i think that uh americans are exhausted just living their daily lives right now people are focused on uh making sure that they protect themselves and their families from COVID, making sure that there's food on the table making sure that their kids remain in school and so uh people have their head down and and are really just living their lives and we have our head down uh trying to do the best we can to meet the challenges that families are facing which is why uh we're just We're working. Now, if the question is, could we go on a a tour and and tout all of our accomplishments? Uh, We could. But at the same time, we acknowledge that uh, there's work to do and people are facing real challenges and we want to tackle them. People are just frustrated living their lives. But the the sentence before that, we don't have a a substance problem. Yes, you do. (laughs) You do. You do. I, I think that Joe Biden, if if he ever does a press conference again, it's, it's, it's likely that he won't before he did the one earlier this week. It took him 77 days like there was a 77 day gap between press conferences. But if he ever does one again, I think he would do himself a lot of favors to do what I'm, I'm sure he would never do, which is to just admit that he and his ten thousand dollar fake teeth bit off more that he could chew. He made promises that there was no way he was going to be able to keep. He promised to shut down the virus and just say that you failed. You have failed to this point, but recommit yourself to being, to, 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 to doing it. Admit that the vaccine mandate was wrong. Admit that you promised on the campaign trail that you wouldn't institute a vaccine mandate and that you did push for one. It's been largely defeated at the Supreme Court. Just take that humility, man, and put it out there. I, I'm sure that, you know, people will still see him as an unmitigated failure, as completely incompetent, as weak. and and But, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of good people in this country. And, you know, despite the hardships that people are facing, I mean, people will, like, see that. It, it'd be so rare, I think, for a president to— to actually, you know, he he wouldn't even be shrinking himself. I, I think it would be very big of Joe Biden to come out and not not Jensaki, not some advisor, not Ron Klein, but Joe Biden to come out and say mistakes have been made. Be deferential to the Trump administration. They they did what Donald Trump, not even they, say Donald Trump led an administration, a White House, in bringing together the smartest minds in America or, or in the world. And they did what no one thought that they would be able to do. And bringing on, you know, a vaccine online. Like, am I wrong? 866-957-2874. Uh, but 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 let me know. I I just feel like it it, it that's that's the only play because I keep asking like where do they go from here? Bill back better fails. <laughs> Apparently they're gonna break it up. But I see Nancy Pelosi yesterday saying you guys just don't get it. We can't break Bill back better up. She's talking about like procedurally. You just can't do it. I I have to imagine that Bernie Sanders, an admitted and open socialist. Is the head of the Senate budget uh, committee, like all of the crazy spending socialist packages, the, 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 the wish lists, all of this stuff goes and runs through the socialist senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders. I'm pretty sure he's 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 not going to be on board with with, with breaking up bill back better. The man wants the whole socialist sandwich or nothing else. Um, it, it, it's, it. but they keep trying to revive it. it. It's, it's, it's dead. The voter bills, they dead. They're dead. You can't blow up the, the filibuster. It's not going to happen. And I keep, I keep asking like, where do they go from here? And, and I just feel like it's, it's, it's a hell Mary play, but, but the humility card, Joe Biden admitting in front of, uh, the American people that he has failed, that he has failed. uh, I, I don't know, I don't know. it's' because I'm looking at just 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 worse days, not only for the American people, but you know the, the American people are like looking it's just the leadership is absolutely rudderless. Travelgar group, it's like an Atlanta area based polling uh, agency, one of the few that have gotten recent elections, uh presidential elections right. Say thirty-eight point seven percent approval rating for Biden. Voters prefer GOP over Democrats, fifty-five point seven percent to forty-two point two percent. John Noti says this this is uh, this is a reenlightenment, much bigger than a landslide. Um, and and that that's that's kind of becoming a little bit more clear to me. Like, again, I understand November is in November, but Election Day is going to be here before we know it. The messaging, the money being spent in the right places, staffing the right candidates, the candidates going out and and staying on message, talking about the deep and abiding issues that people want to solve, all that stuff needs to be happening right now hopefully it is i know in certain areas that it is like you got a lot of good candidates rebecca mansour did an amazing piece where she's got about a half dozen navy seals running uh for office for congress like i know there are a lot of good people out there but the picture being painted right now 49.9% strongly disapprove when asked How do you think Joe Biden is handling his job as president? Half the country. And again, this is one of the most trusted polling agencies, travel guard group, that that you'll come across. Among Republicans, a mere 10% approve, 88% disapprove. Biden also polled poorly with unaffiliated voters as well, garnering only 30% approval versus 67% uh, disapproval. Those are the people, those really are where pollsters and, and political advisors and, and people who get paid, in, in many cases, a lot of money. Though that 67% that disapproves of Joe Biden's job uh, so far as, as, as president, those unaffiliated voters, like, like the Democrats, Joe Biden, what he has done the first term in office is driving those unaffiliated voters into the arms of the Republican Party. It is it is my only hope. It is my singular wish that the Republican Party finds the spine that maybe they never have had politically uh, when they've had majorities in one House, uh, uh, in the House or the Senate. It's just my deep and abiding wish that they find that spine today, right now, and come out every day, clearly articulating what they will do to stop the madness and how... They will, should they ultimately win also the White House, the Senate and the House, actually bring back some competency to our government. But boy, these uh, these these polling numbers, Biden's uh, uh, in, in December, Travel Guard poll saw similarly poor numbers with just 36 percent of Americans approving of Biden's performance in the White House and 59 percent uh, disapproving. So the the disapproval's going up. And the approval is is basically the same. But no, they don't have a messaging problem or a substance problem. Did you know there's a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than two million members and counting? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC has become one of the most impactful conservative organizations in America. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining right now at amac.us forward slash breitbart that's amac.us forward slash breitbart the benefits are great but the cause is greater join today at amac.us forward slash breitbart We're joined on the program today by Congressman Fred Keller, Republican from Pennsylvania. Congressman Keller detailed two pieces of legislation he has introduced that will help solve some of the worst outcomes of the pandemic in both bolstering workforce readiness with the Skills Act and Energy Independence with the Powers Act. Congressman, welcome to the program. Uh, glad to be here, Jerome. So you were among the several Republican congressmen uh, who joined uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy at a press conference Thursday, uh, re- responding to Joe Biden's um, just just awful and disastrous, dangerous press conference. Congressman, what was your response and reaction to Joe Joe Biden giving? Um, I think our enemies. Um, a nod and certainly not instilling any sort of competence in the American people this week.
1: Well, you know, it was really disappointing. Um, and it's been from the beginning. When you look at the the one year of Joe Biden uh, and him getting sworn into office, the foreign policy alone started when he let the Communist Party lecture us up in Alaska. And our secretary of state stood to, sat there and took it. He should have kicked them out of our country. Then you go, and he lets the Russians have a pipeline. We can't have ours. Russians can have theirs. And uh, now he says, well, it's okay to do it a little bit. It, it's not okay at all. It's just like that list that he gave them of things they can't hack. Here's what it is. You can't hack anything. If you do, you're in trouble, okay? We're going to hold you accountable. But uh, we haven't seen that kind of strength from, uh, from this White House, and uh, quite frankly, it's disappointing.
0: And I don't think we will it's been one uh year and one day since Joe Biden on day one in office, Congressman canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. He killed eleven thousand jobs uh in the process and made the prospect of energy independence in this country a whole lot harder um, i've had a lot of phone calls from um, people probably not in your district but certainly from your state, a state that at any given time, as you write. Uh, in an op-ed, is responsible for one one tenth of the energy for the rest of the country. Um, it it it. I do like the fact that in your very limited time in office, uh, Congressman, you're already trying to bring solutions um, to the table. You've uh, introduced the Powers Act. Tell the audience about that.
1: Yeah, we, we've we've introduced a lot of legislation, but you know what we're looking at doing is we're looking at trying to make sure that we have energy independence here in, in America. We've also Introduce legislation that says, hey, let's take a look at education and and what that can do. We've done a lot of things. And what, quite frankly, frustrates me with this administration, when he says, what are Republicans for? I said, I'll I'll give Joe Biden a clear message what we're for. We're for Hmm. standing up for the constitutional rights of every American. We're for energy independence. We're for making sure that we can afford uh, gas, we don't have this inflation, we can afford uh, food, uh, and and standing up for freedom around the world, a secure border. I mean, those are the things we're for, returning rights to the people and not having the government take them away. That's what we're for, and that's a clear message for, for Joe, Bi- Joe Biden.
0: We're being joined right now by Congressman Fred Keller, Republican from Pennsylvania. You also introduced, uh, Congressman, legislation that would help address uh, both the labor shortage and supply chain uh, crisis, the uh, the Skills Act. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, when we're looking at the Skills Act, what we're looking at doing is is making sure that uh, uh, there's, there's a Skills Act and there's a Choice Act, and we're making sure that, that uh, for jobs that are in high demand, uh, there's education where people are able to be connected with those those uh, jobs in in those sectors, and also that uh, Pell grants for low-income individuals that get the Pell Grants can be used for shorter-term educational opportunities. And uh, really want to get to a point where we're measuring competencies rather than hours somebody's spending uh, getting an education. When they come out, uh, you know, we want to make sure they have the competencies they need and they're not spending more time, uh, you know, uh, than they have to to get those. I mean, if you measure hours in a classroom, you can get hours in a classroom. If you measure uh, skills that are able to, To be done to get a job done you'll get the skills you need to get the job done let's start measuring the right things and that's the outcomes we will get
0: here in uh, florida where i live i'm in i'm in jacksonville congressman um, there were dozens of flights literally at at night um, and on those planes that landed in the jacksonville uh, international airport congressman um, they were filled with illegal immigrants. Um, the governor, Ron DeSantis, uh, working with different law enforcement agencies in the state of Florida, it got those flights to stop, um, in the, the, the governor has signed legislation, um, that, that would punish, uh, nonprofits, if you will, that, that actually take, um, Florida taxpayer money, uh, to house these illegal immigrants, um, that, but this, we've seen the same situation uh, happen uh, in Pennsylvania, these flights of illegal immigrants. And to me, uh, to, to be able to see the pushback and having s- sort of the state level uh, government be, be be filled with people who are willing to protect uh, taxpayers and protect local citizens, but also force the administration to be transparent about how they're moving uh, people illegal immigrants in and around the country. Um, that to me seems like it has to be one of maybe the top 10 things that um, your conference focusing, focuses on. I'm saying this assuming, Congressman, that uh, you, will, you your party will be in the, in the majority uh, after November.
1: Well, we're, uh, we're really looking forward to, to working to take back the majority. We think we can do that because our policies meet up with, with the ex- expectations of the american people for an accountable government and yeah we've had those issues in pennsylvania and i've been working with uh, members of the delegation the republican delegation uh particularly congressman muser on answers from from the administration on this another thing we've done is we've actually written a letter asking for answers from the administration for the office of inspector general from department of homeland security to find out what happened the republic members of the republican conference did something that the president and the vice president didn't do and that's what we went to the border anytime you're going to look right. at a situation and solve it you got to go take a look at it you can't just talk about it we went down we we evaluated it we met with the the stakeholders meaning the people that live along the border the border patrol agents went to the ports of entry to see what was happening and what we want to know what we want to know from this administration is what were they told and, and, and uh what information were they given to turn around the decisions that had a secure border, meaning what did they do to stop the building of the wall? Why did they make that decision? Why did they make the decision to stop the remain in Mexico policy? You know, the courts uh, you know, made them do some, uh, reverse some of their policies. Why did they make these decisions, and why aren't they enforcing our southern border uh, like we did when we had control of it just a little over a year ago?
0: Well, there was a there was a blitz by high ranking uh, administration officials. I think Kamala Harris was speaking to DNC activists specifically to this point uh, yesterday. But in, she she was doing some other interviews, Congressman. I'm telling you, the woman who Joe Biden tasked to handle this problem of the, you know making her effectively the border czar. She went right back in answering questions from a reporter to the same talking point that she's been talking about for months. We gotta get to the root causes. This woman hasn't actually held, Congressman, an an event directly related to immigration in, in, in over a hundred days. Um I, I mean that's I hear everything you're saying and I love to see the pushback. I love to see the movement on it. Um but the but the person in charge of of handling this situation, I mean she her thinking hasn't changed <laughs> since Joe Biden actually put her in position to, to, to quote unquote, handle uh, the problem. She
1: couldn't find her car in a one car garage, quite frankly, she, she's in over her head and uh, she doesn't understand how to solve problems. She doesn't understand that the, the first, the first thing you need to do is you need to measure where you are. You need to see where you are and you need to take a look. What the root cause is the root cause is they're not doing their job. It doesn't take, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. They're not doing their job. They're not enforcing the policies that the Trump administration had in place that created this the, the, the most secure border we had seen. Okay. We had things under control. And that's not me saying this that's the people that are down there doing the work, the, 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 the border patrol agents, the people at the ports of entry. That's what they're saying. The people that live there, the ranchers, the Johnsons that have been, their families has been ranching for over a hundred years there. That's what they were saying. So, you know what, the vice president isn't going to be able to, to, to work on anything until she's willing to, to get in the plane and travel down there and talk hmm. to the people that are living it and, and, and getting the job done but uh, Quite frankly, I think they, they're more concerned about talking points and playing to their base than they are solving problems for the American people
0: I think you're right. We're being joined right now by Congressman Fred Keller a Republican representing uh, Pennsylvania congressman. I want to play some audio. It's a very short clip, but it is of a former Democrat Union representative in Pennsylvania Who says that the Democrat Party has left him? Producer, that cut.
2: On a sheep farm 23 miles away, union rep Cameron Cox also points to rising costs.
0: Look at fertilizer for farmers.
1: Last year it was like $3.65 a pound. Now it's up over six and a half bucks a pound.
2: Cameron, a former Democrat, now a registered Uh, Republican. What happened?
0: I didn't leave them, they left me.
2: He says Democrats forgot about their blue-collar base
0: is congressman is this the sentiment throughout uh Pennsylvania as you've seen it uh in your district and throughout the state the cost of food, furniture, and clothing and cars and energy you name it people being crushed by this unseen uh tax of inflation have you have you seen this before not just in in, in democrats but in, but in voters all across the state and in your district
1: well i i've seen people that are are, are you know experiencing higher costs than than we were uh just a year ago uh and and it's not because uh we're producing more it's because you have the biden administration putting regulations on people we don't have the energy independence that we've had before we we've seen people that were, were get getting an education a two-year education coming out of of the lack of one of is one example and after two years they're earning seventy thousand dollars a year but what's happening is, because we're not able to have energy independence here at home, it's crushing jobs. Uh, you look at the supply chain. Yeah, I, I actually had a constituent of my, mine send me pictures of a grocery store shelves that were empty, and the sign on the shelf said, due to supply chain issues, uh, our our vendor can't send, send us the information or the, uh, the, the supplies. That's why the shelves don't have things on them, uh, not because we can't produce them, because the the government has gotten in the way of getting it done, and it's gotten in the way of getting it done over the past year. It's, it, it's put policies in place that have disincentivized people and, and driven people out of the workforce. They've driven people out of the workforce, just like their their act to uh, make people get vaccinated if they work for an employer with 100 employees or more in a private industry. The actions we're taking are Congressional Review Act to strike down this unconstitutional mandate it is about standing up for the people, and it's about saying, hey, it's not whether or not somebody should have a vaccine or not. It's whether or not your government can tell you to do it or course you to do it and use private industry to get it done. And uh, we're, we're standing up against these guys. And quite frankly, I think the American people are realizing uh, how Joe Biden's leading and how, how one party rule for one year with these socialist policies is not good for America. And it's it more people are paying attention than ever.
0: Congressman, um, I think the the signs, if you will, the data is pretty overwhelming uh, and that the, the, you know, November election will be here before we know it. And it's 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 probably going to be a way for your party. Um, And I do believe that 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 Republicans, at least in the House, you will be given a mandate. Are you starting to get the sense uh, whether it's from uh, Minority Leader McCarthy uh, and maybe some of the congressmen that in your in your first year in office that you've worked with on pieces of leg- legislation are you starting to get the sense um, that 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 your party will uh, be able to on day one um, push back and and pursue oversight and investigations, um, but also be on message in terms of fighting back and delivering for the American people.
1: Well, I, I will say this: it, it's going to be a wave for the American people. It's not going to be a wave for for one party or the, other. the Republicans are going to win because we're on the side of the American people, yeah. but it's a wave for the American people. And I'm, I tell you what I'm, I'm really, uh, leader McCarthy's been doing a great job and I'm really uh, in, impressed by the way he's gotten everybody together and, uh, the commitment to America. We are working on that. We're going to put a commitment to America out there. We're going to show people what we're for, and we've already done that, but we're going to, we're going to put legislation together. We're going to show them what we're doing. And on day one, we're going to be ready to govern. and and turn the power back over to the people of the United States of America, where it belongs.
0: Congressman, thank you so much for joining the program.
1: Thank you for having me, Jerome. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you to your great listeners, uh, the people that really get the job done in America. Thank
0: you so much. Absolutely. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed. Everything is getting expensive. We're in the biggest economic crisis since 2008. And with the government that's printing trillions and trillions of dollars consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years inflation is certainly here to stay and if the government continues its out of control printing and spending the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency so how do you protect your money your retirement your savings well american hartford goal can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA. And they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-670-7660. That's 866-670-7660. Or text Alex to 65532. Again, that's 866 866- six seven zero seven six six zero or text alex to six five five three two Crowley, Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Treasury under President Trump, also joined the program. Monica believes Joe Biden, and his awful first year in office, has exposed Democrats as incompetent and will lead to a massive wave in November. She points to the economy as the number one issue driving frustration among voters heading into an election year. Monica, welcome back to the program.
2: Hey, Jerome, good morning. Thank you so much for having me back.
0: Um. So I I guess I I want your response um to the last week of of the of, of the Biden administration, uh, from his you know divisive and enraged speech on last Tuesday in Atlanta to his press conference this week, uh, which I think has gone a long way to actually inflaming uh tensions internationally and certainly. Uh, confusion and frustration here at home, um, but in your estimation, uh, now uh, it's 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 it seems to be like a metaphor—the last week of the Biden administration for the entire year, uh, uh, first year in office.
2: Yes, exactly. And remember when the press and so many of Trump's enemies were talking about the Trump presidency as a chaotic mess? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, what we would give for that chaotic mess <laughs> right now. Uh, look, the the last week, as you point out, is certainly a, a metaphor for what the last year has been. And it would be one thing if you had a president whose uh, chaos was uh, limited to the White House and didn't extend beyond the walls of the White House and just had infighting, which they all have. Uh, especially between the West wing and the vice president's office. That's also another dimension to this mess that gets very little coverage, but it would be one thing if it were contained there Mm -hmm. and just involved with it, with the personnel at the white house, but it's now extended well beyond the white house to the rest of the country. And now, frankly, the rest of the world, the president is clearly not in control. He's not even really in control of himself. He's got severe cognitive challenges, which is extremely dangerous for the nation and, and frankly, for the, the interests of peace and stability in the world. When you have an American commander in chief who's basically out to lunch, we know that the wolves of the world, the worst bad guys, uh, seek that as an opportunity to advance and, and put America's interests on the back heel, which is what they're all doing. Um, and, and it puts the American people in a very precarious position. So whether it's his divisive language on race, whether it's the collapse of Build Back Better or the collapse of their voting bill, which was geared to a permanent Democrat majority, um, whether it's the failures of on um, the economy, which we can get into uh, on any front, the danger is, first of all, not only is there no hand on the tiller, which is extremely dangerous. But the fact that, uh, that, that if they're cornered, any leader is going to lash out, that also makes it a very perilous moment for the country because these people know they've got three more years and they're now backed into a corner surrounded by catastrophic failure. That means that they're going to lash out. And that, that is always a very, very dark situation.
0: Um, I had a caller call in about 20 minutes ago, and it reminded me of something that I wrote about in in the book that I wrote about the Trump presidency, researching that book, Monica. um, I remember it being February, 2020, and I found this Gallup poll in which the Gallup asked, you know, are you satisfied or dissatisfied um, with the way things are going in the United States at this time? And in 2020, of uh, February 2020, 45% of respondents said that they were satisfied. It was the highest that number had reached since 2005. And what's so fascinating, what was just mind boggling to me is that this happened with, you know, billions of dollars in Democrat corporate media calling the sitting president Hitler every day relentlessly. There was nothing that Donald Trump could do that was right in the eyes of the left wing media or social media or entertainment media. He had just been impeached, Monica, two months before that in December. And he his approval rating was actually higher when Democrats impeached him than it was when Barack, Ob- Barack Obama in that same point in his term in history. And so I, I, I understand that, you know, a month later, the pandemic hit and, you know, God bless the administration for for leading and guiding the country through that. What I think is different now uh, with Joe Biden is that with all the the earned media on his side. I think people are are realizing that, you know, the reality is, is that we are three years into this, into this uh, pandemic. There are therapeutics. There are vaccines on the line Um, and and Gallup, again, is is reporting that people are more fearful, that there is more anxiety out there uh, and people's uh, hope for the future is worse. That's a reality that I don't think that the media can spin. And in in some cases, I think they've abandoned trying to spin spin for Joe Biden. Um, And I, I do believe that it's going to bode well, not just for a red wave in November, but probably like a realignment. I think people are going to run the hell away from Democrats and into the arms of Republicans in a way that maybe we haven't seen, certainly in recent history.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a really good point and a very under-reported and and underrated story, the kind of alignment that's going on sort of under the radar, Jerome. And, you know, it... it I think back to 2008 when Barack Obama was elected and then eight years of Obama, there was a lot of conversation about how Obama had created a new blue wall and a new blue voting majority and governing majority. Remember that whole conversation? And then Trump ran in 2016 and blew it all to pieces. (laughs) And what Trump showed is that the... The Obama majorities were unique to Obama, and nobody else could recreate them, certainly not Hillary Clinton, because she lost to to Donald Trump. Then Trump comes in, and he sparks an actual realignment, because in 2016, he won because it it wasn't just Republicans and a handful of independents across Mm -hmm. the country electing him, it was disaffected Democrats the forgotten man and woman, the union guy and gal in the Midwest, who realized that the Democratic Party no longer represented them. And here you had this blue-collar billionaire coming in saying, hey, I see you, I hear you, and I will be your champion, right? So he created an actual realignment. Now, in 2020, we can argue whether or not that election was legit, but I do believe that the forces that Trump unleashed still exist. And 2020, in many ways, was an aberration. And I think what you're, you're going to see going into 22 and 24 is the real alignment that Trump sparked um, build on itself. And you're seeing that now in actual poll numbers with certain demographic groups. So, for example, Biden has been steadily hemorrhaging support among black voters, Hispanic mm-hmm. voters and women. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most interesting and I think sustainable shift is happening, Jerome, with Hispanic voters. It's now 50-50 even. The momentum is certainly going to the Republican Party. And that shift among Latino voters is happening in very deep blue areas, including New York, including along the southern border in Texas and Arizona and elsewhere. So one of the great ironies here is that they're keeping the southern border wide open, flooding the country with millions of illegal immigrants. Wouldn't the irony be that they think that they're going to vote Democrat and they turn around and if they give them a path to citizenship, they end up voting Republican? That would be sweet justice because it looks like those trend lines are there. That is also very worrisome for the Democrats, Jerome, and that's another reason why you're seeing them panic and lash out.
0: Monica Crowley, a former assistant secretary of the U.S. Treasury under President Trump, joining the program right now. So that that begs the question. Uh, I believe the last time that we spoke, I, I asked you, where does the Democrat Party go from here? Like a legislatively build back better seems to be dead forever. They knew that these voting bills wouldn't actually make it to Joe Biden's death so that he could sign in the law. But they still pushed for it anyway. Um, I, 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 this is, this is the question that I keep asking myself. I keep asking the audience. I don't know. like, they they keep talking about like, well, should we scale down the agenda? Like what is next on the agenda, um, for the Biden administration? I, I, I don't know where they go from here. My suggestion, Monica, as I've shared with the audience, uh, today is that I think Joe Biden should admit defeat, say that mistakes were made. The Trump administration, in fact, put us in position uh, to to handle this this virus. And we I said that I wouldn't push for vaccine mandates. And I did. That was a mistake. Um, You know, the leaders of airlines are telling us that we don't need masks on planes. We're going to get rid of that. We, We won't accept schools closing. And in fact, the science says that children shouldn't wear masks in school. You know, that won't happen. Okay, we all know it. Uh, But that seems to be like the only play, the craziest play, the impossible play. But I just I just see them not actually having any legislative agenda going forward. Um, Certainly not one that could that has any chance of passing. Um, And, 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 you know, going forward, I just I just don't know where where the administration and where the party, where the DNC, where their candidates who are going to be gearing up to run. I just don't see where they go.
2: Yeah, uh, they're really in a bind right now in a number of different fronts. So on the economy, which is weakening, we've got skyrocketing inflation, a labor crunch, supply chain crisis. None of that's going to get any better. And in fact, it's going to get worse over this next year and and certainly going into 22 because there's no hand on the tiller. Um, And they're not going to change course there because that's all critical to the fundamental transformation of the nation. Yeah. Into a more Marxist kind of model. So they're not going to, there's, there's going to be no course correction there. When it comes to COVID, um, I agree with you, but they will never admit that they're wrong. Okay. Remember that was criticism of Trump. Oh, he never admits a mistake. Well, the Democrats certainly never admit a mistake. But what you may see is a gradual lifting of some of these restrictions. First of all, the UK is doing it, they've gotten rid of their vaccine passports, masks, all the mandates schools open, everything as of this week. It's not because the science changed, it's because the politics changed in the UK for Boris Johnson. So the same thing is going on in the Czech Republic and and I think Finland as well. So there are pockets in Western Europe now who are saying, hey, enough already, which also prompts the question, was all of this political and had nothing to do with public health? I would argue yes, but that's a conversation for another day. I think going into twenty two. It looks so grim for the Democrats. And if these elections are clean, which is a big assumption, it's mm-hmm. going to be a huge red wave. Um, so I think you're going to start to see uh, the lifting, the gradual lifting of mandates and restrictions uh, across the country. Maybe not maybe maybe the bluest areas like New York and Chicago, Washington will be the last ones. But you're going to start to see the gradual lifting of these things because it's hurting them politically. Not because they care about whether you live or die, but because they care about their political life and death. And so you're going to start to see some of these restrictions pull back as we start to head into the spring. My guess would be late February, early March. And then they're going to try to pretend that they didn't inflict any of this on us, <laughs> right? And they're going to be like, as we go into the summer and fall, like pandemic. What pandemic? What are you talking about? Mandate school. I think school you're
0: absolutely what? right. I think it's so right? right because they don't even think that they have a messaging or a substance problem now. They just, well, the voters are just they're just too stupid to realize that paying more money for the same products and services is, is 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 it's their fault actually it's not our fault i think you're absolutely right i think they think that the american people are so dumb that they will actually fall for that line um do you you've been you've been following politics and certainly working in politics at the highest level for decades monica i mean did you did you see it happening being this bad one year in to to biden's uh term like i I, I don't know how I feel even about it. I mean, if you just look at all of the different disasters, all of the many ways that people are being squeezed and crunched and the amount of people fleeing some of these deeply democratic states and cities. I mean, did you did you see it being this bad or, or, or are you surprised or shocked a little bit?
2: Uh, I did think it would be this bad because I realized we were electing well not you and me in the spray <laughs> audience, but the country quote unquote um uh, you know a a doddering senile old fool who would, uh, who was always a hack. And now he's a senile hack. Uh, so I knew it was going to be a very dangerous time for the country. And he was so obsessed and everybody around him was so obsessed with hating Trump and reversing all of the good that Trump had done in four short years that I, do, I did I didn't know that it was going to be bad and bad fast. I'll give you a quick example on inflation. So I'm in New York City, pray for me, Um, but I do know that, you know, New York is more expensive and it always has been from the rest of the country. However, Jerome, about a week ago, I ordered. Two soups for dinner, a large and a medium. And I'm not talking about a gallon of soup. I'm talking about like a pint a cup, and then the uh, yeah. as a large and, and the little cup, of <laughs> medium. right? Yeah. And the for delivery, the cost was twenty seven dollars. Oh my goodness! For those two soups with one slice of bread on the side. Okay. Yeah. Now I know I'm. I'm just reflecting what most americans are feeling it is outrageous the gap you go to the gas station it's a 100 bucks to fill your tank right um every american now knows that life is way more expensive under joe biden and it's their fault inflation you know the other day he was trying to say Oh well, it's a lack of competition, and I'm blaming the beef industry for higher hamburger prices. Well, that's all—it's absurd. Yeah. And I don't know if he knows it's absurd or if he's really that economically illiterate. But um, it, you know, he's blaming things that have nothing to do with it. The the reason we have inflation, inflation is an oversupply of money in the system. That's it. That's mm. what inflation is—too many dollars chasing too few goods. Right. That's why you have inflation. And we're all experiencing it. It is a direct result of their overspending last year. People say, well, Trump spent, yes, Trump spent a lot. And as a fiscal conservative and someone who loves President Trump and went to work for him, I was always uncomfortable with the level of government spending. Right? Since the time I was like, you know, became aware of what government spending was. I've always been uncomfortable with it. When the pandemic hit and... Trump had to shut down the economy. We had to step in to get the American people through the most acute period of the crisis. But then the Democrats come in, Biden comes in, and they kept up that level of emergency spending without the actual emergency, which created this massive glut of dollars. I mean, the system is just a wash in money. Do you know that the government last year spent six point eight? trillion dollars that we don't have we were out of the emergency the economy was opening 6.8 trillion and then they're looking around and pointing to the beef industry and say saying y'all are responsible for inflation give me a break and the american people know the real reason and they're suffering from it every day
0: great realignment Uh, monica always always a pleasure to have you on the program
2: well, thank you so much, Jerome. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, too. I got American parts.
0: I got American faith. And that's the show. Thanks for supporting the podcast and Breitbart News. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening. I got stuff.